Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Anthem Church podcast. I am Matt Larson, and I'm really excited to be chatting with you guys today. I hope you are uh, doing well wherever you're at. Uh, think about you driving around or maybe going for a walk. Maybe this is like your new Apple Fitness walk with a friend thing, and I get to be <laughs> your voice. So hopefully that is uh, enjoyable and also something that really shapes and challenges you. Uh, today, we get a chance to talk with Greg Lennox. You can say hi, Greg. Hi, Greg. Hey, I had a feeling that one was yeah. coming. Yeah, irresistible. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Greg has been a part of Anthem for a very long time and has uh, really become a great friend to me, to Ryan, to Kristen, uh, to many in the church family, and we have enjoyed life with Greg and Lillian. And uh, when we were talking about uh, the message from Sunday and life and community and asking the question about, okay, if we were going to talk with somebody about life and community, Who's somebody that has embodied that, that could share some, some insight into some of the uh, benefits and challenges, uh, and even maybe the personal applications related to life and community. Greg's name came up and we asked if he'd be up for it. And uh, here he is. So Greg, why don't you start by just giving us the, the one minute version of your life story, a little bit about who you are so that people listening can kind of understand who it is that they're hearing. Okay. Um, well, I'm a child of the um, Jesus movement, uh, became a believer in 1976, so gives you an idea that I might be turning 66 tomorrow. And um, uh, I was not raised in a Christian family, but experienced uh, Jesus and Christian community kind of all at the same time. Yeah. Um, and was really immersed in that. And that, that was very formative for me. And that's where I met my wife, started our family, and we wound up at uh, Anthem through a few twists and turns, starting off in New Hampshire and uh, ending up in the Caneo Valley and at Anthem about 10 years ago. Not quite at the first meeting, but so very close. Very close. So close. Very close. So uh, is your family... Do you guys enjoy What About Bob as a movie? Have you been to Lake Winnipesaukee? Is that a part of your story at all? Uh, the, the movie, no. Lake Winnipesaukee, yes. <laughs> okay. uh, I could tell you more than you really want to know about Lake Winnipesaukee. Oh, nice. It's really big. Oh, it's man. awesomely beautiful. And you can drink the water. So oh, really? Yes. That's incredible. Yeah. All right. And I bet you've sailed on a boat away from the dock in Lake Winnipesaukee. Uh, I've driven a motorboat okay. overly fast okay. on Lake Winnipesaukee. Nice. That's why. That was way too much What About Bob yeah. uh, lineage for, <laughs> for you guys. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, all right. Why don't we start? First question, Greg, I, I'd love to just ask as far as uh, life and community, the message from Sunday, we taught, I taught primarily out of Colossians 3. And we talked about putting on the character qualities of Christ. We talked about bearing with one another, forgiving one another if there's a complaint, and then putting on love above all. Uh, would love to maybe start, I think, probably the, the most practical of those or the most real experience for so many people of those is the bearing with one another, just sort of the, the challenges of doing life with other people. Mm. If you could take a moment and just share over the years— kind of a cost-benefit analysis of the <laughs> complexities of other people and then the complexities that you've brought to their lives and why, after all these years, you still pursue Christian community actively as a part of your personal expression of faith in Jesus. Wow. Nothing like a softball. Huh? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, cost-benefit analysis. Yes, I am a business guy, so, you know, I guess you threw me one there. Yeah. But... Um, 
it, it's interesting. I don't think that um, on the surface anybody would dive into community because it's always uh, a joy fest, um, but it's deeply rewarding. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think of it um, kind of like our natural families. I mean, it could be painful sometimes, but if we don't pursue relationships in our family, then there's, you know, that brokenness um, creates a lot of um, sadness, harm, whatever. Yeah. Um, my, my first church experience where I met my wife, Lillian, uh, we were big on talking about all the one another's mm -hmm. and the only way you can do the one another's is in community. And yeah. so it was, you know, for us, it's always been, um, an obedience issue. Okay. Uh, and it's like, okay, if, if I'm going to be a, a follower of Jesus, part of the deal is I've got to live life with one another. And sometimes those people are really annoying. Yeah. Sometimes they hurt me. Yeah. Sometimes they help me. Um, but in the long haul, you know, hopefully together we reflect Jesus better to everybody around. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. And that's, uh, maybe we could go there. The idea of reflecting Jesus is one to kind of ponder for just a, a minute. Can you maybe give any pictures or stories or examples of a time where there was a, a community that existed and through the difficulty, Jesus was better reflected to the world around than he would have been had that community not existed? Um, mm. So not, you know, and I'm not necessarily thinking like we served together, but just actually like through the, the winds of life together, even if it was abrasive or difficult mm -hmm. or whatever, and not looking for, you know, personal details or anything like that. Just right. Maybe more the idea, because there's some there's some maybe room to go there, and I, I'd love to actually explore that a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. the um, The experience that comes to mind is a pretty old one, actually, okay. uh, from that first Christian community that we experienced at Dartmouth College in New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of young Christians who are trying to read the Bible and do the Bible, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I wasn't married yet. I was living in a single men's household with a bunch of brothers in Christ, and we were committed to doing community. That was a, that was one of the reasons that we were together, and uh, and we felt uh, called to invite uh, a guy who'd been coming to our fellowship, who you know was kind of a troubled young man. Yeah. He was older than all of us, actually. We were in our early twenties. He was probably like thirty. And, um, you know, a nutcase, let's just say. Okay. <laughs> and, but we really felt called to love this guy, bring him in. And, uh, he, we were trying desperately to, to love him and help him, um, pray for him and make a long story short. Um, he, the more we tried to love, the more he kind of acted out and couldn't handle it. Yeah. And he ended up through a tragic circumstance in, uh, in the mental hospital, okay. um, in the state capital, which is about an hour's drive away. And I remember a couple of us went down to visit him and talk to the social workers. And she was, she was just really taken aback at these two young, you know, college guys or recent grads that were caring about this 
loser, yeah. basically, and investing ourselves and actually driving all the way down to visit him. She was not a believer, but we just, you know, shared, you know, how how much Jesus loved us, how much Jesus loved this guy, and we just wanted to help him. And to me, that's that's what the deal is, yeah. you know. And you know, did she become a believer? And, and no, I, well, not then. Yeah. But that might have been part of her story. I have no idea. But yeah. um, to me, that's part of how community can reflect Jesus. Yeah. To, yeah. Know, absolutely. To outsiders. And one one of the things that you said as you were telling that story is you talked about this particular individual that the more you loved him, the more he acted out. And that actually, I mean, even as you say that, I've seen that play out in youth ministries. I've seen that play out in church life. I've seen that play out in social situations where people are trying to um, bring in, and it doesn't even have to be a difficult person. It can be a person going through a difficult time, Yeah. but that, that almost the, um, the proactive love of Jesus can can at times, especially for somebody that's going through something difficult, be a really difficult thing to receive. Very hard to receive sometimes. So if you've experienced that where you, you made the effort to love and somebody's kind of run away from you or turned from you or, or even mm-hmm. lashed out at you as a result or anything like that, I guess the question of how do you, how do you go through something like that? And then knowing that that could happen again, go through it again, like mm-hmm. what, what's it been like for you or maybe even after that experience, what's it been like for you to kind of go back and, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to love another difficult person or a person mm-hmm. going through a difficult time? Yeah, great question. Um, I, the, the example that comes to mind for that is actually here at Anthem. I remember my wife and I helping a young woman who uh, was in desperate shape with her personal finances. Okay. And, and uh, she was in our community group and sought us out for a counsel and we gave her a counsel and uh what she really wanted was i don't know a license a, a license to just continue to live the way she was rather than having the gospel applied to her situation or any practical advice and she became really angry with us okay. um and kind of it disappeared for a while and then said nasty things about us. And you know, the whole drill Yeah, never happened to you, I'm sure. But, um, <laughs> and for us, uh, what gives us the ability to sort of pick up and keep going is, is looking at her as, you know, a broken person who Jesus loves deeply and looking at her, angry words as really not directed at us. I mean, it's, um, you know, I don't need affirmation from her to know who I am in Christ. Uh, Jesus does that for me. Yeah. And being secure in that, um, and having a little encouragement from brothers and sisters, (laughs) um, you know, that's, that's really what keeps keeps me going, yeah. I think, uh, when situations like that happen. Uh, it's much more difficult, I think, when it's uh, a close friend and there's some misunderstanding or woundedness. Yeah. That's really hard, um, much harder. So how do you, uh, I mean, that, that actually brings up a, an interesting thing. So close friends and Christian community, sometimes it's easier if the two don't mix, you know, like you Mm -hmm. kind of keep your friendships and your community separate just because for that very reason, 
I don't know, life gets real in a, in a Christian community context. You don't mm. want to call people out on their sin if they're, if you're trying to just be a buddy with them right. or something yeah. like that. That may or may not be your personal experience, but it's, you know, I, it's enough people's experience mm-hmm. that I think that's, that's a common reality. So how do you, so just in that space, how do you blend those two? How do you blend friendship and the, the call to the one another's of Christian community where that sometimes right. call us to actually be up in each other's business a little bit right. and, and kind of, you know, fighting or contending for a more Christ-like life in all of us, ourselves included. How do you, how do you do that? Probably not perfectly. Huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, I could share, I guess, what I, what, what I strive for. Sure. Yeah. I mean, what I, what I strive for is um, to, you know, lead in, in a, in the context of my friend group or in, uh, like even community group where like, uh, recently joined a community group where we didn't really know everybody. It was yeah. like a lot of new people. Um, my practice now, it wasn't this, you know, wasn't my practice 15 years ago, but my practice now is to lead with, with vulnerability. Wow. Um, and you know, share my own brokenness rather than, you know, sort of have the, uh, the, the happy churchy, you know, Jesus is, is awesome. I'm so blessed kind of story that doesn't seem real because it's not real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And by leading with vulnerability, it, it helps others, I think, to be more vulnerable yeah. and makes it safer to have that kind of one another. Yeah. Uh, experience, but, um, but it, it, it can, it can be hard. I don't think I've ever been good at, um, being fake and my wife Lillian's even worse at being fake. Uh, so (laughs) if you're going to be bad at something, that's probably a good thing to be bad at. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that really answers your question, but it does. And it's, um, it kind of, I guess the reason that it answers my question is it makes it sound as though the things that you would seek out in your personal friendships of, this is a place where I can be real. I can be me. I can be vulnerable. I can let my friends know what I'm struggling with, what I'm going through. And, you know, well, maybe they are judging me. It's appropriate. It's in a trusted circle and I want their judgment and their counsel. And, you know, it's like we have that established, but in a community group where I don't know as many people, I think typically people's response would be, okay, I'm going to withhold maybe the deeper layers of mm-hmm. my story. And test the waters maybe. Yeah. And what you're saying is that actually you're choosing to kind of put your chin out there a little bit and just say, I'm going to, in this group that I don't know people that well, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to actually try and create a culture where it's safe to be vulnerable with each other because I know that that's where, that's where this ultimately should go. Right. That's so, where grace happens. Yeah. I, I think it's actually um, a blessing of being an older guy, frankly, okay. is like, I'm not, just not that concerned about what people think about me anymore. I used to be really concerned about it yeah. and I worked on it really hard. Yeah. And that's where, if I was going to be fake, that's where I'd be fake. It's like polishing my own statue mm-hmm. and it's like, I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. So um, that's, a, I mean, that's a pretty important thing. I, uh, we've got just a couple minutes left. So let's just say somebody's hearing this right now and they're like, okay, yeah, you know what? I really want to get over caring what people think about me. 
what would you say is a kind of step one and two, you know, like the early stages of somebody who at this stage is like still concerned about what they share because they, mm-hmm. they, they want to establish a reputation or want to be known in a certain way or don't want people to think a certain thing about them or whatever, whatever or, the fear might be. Or gossip about them. I yeah. think that's the biggest danger in the church environment. Absolutely. So in that sense, how do you get to the place where you can have that kind of, maybe it's confidence or like you mentioned, security in your identity in Christ or whatever it is. How do you, how do, how do you get there? What's step one? Uh, great question again. I, I, I think it's fairly simple in a way. It might not be simple to do, but in concept, it's simple. Is you, you don't start in a group. You start with one person. You start with that one trusted friend who maybe doesn't know your whole story. And to be able to share your story with that one trusted friend and experience uh, Christ's love through that friend, that love and that acceptance, even when you share something that isn't pretty, that you're not proud of, um, that can, I think, give you confidence that, okay, this is actually something I can do. I can be vulnerable and open and still be loved and accepted, which is the truth with us in Jesus, but it isn't always what we experience, and it's definitely not what we fear. So again, if I'm that person listening and I'm like, oh man, that sounds so refreshing, like I, I want that in my life, who would be my trusted friend? If somebody were just kind of processing that, what do you look for in a trusted friend? What are the character qualities or the, the aspects of that person that you're like, okay, this is a person that when I sit down can hear my whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, are they someone who is authentic themselves or are they, they have that, uh, that mask up all the time? Um, that's one. And another is, is this a safe person? Is this a person who is passing along gossip about other people? Yeah. Or do I never hear that kind of stuff from this guy? It's a good marker. If they tell you stuff about other people, they're probably telling your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The telegraph wire is going to be alive. Okay. Boy, did I get myself. But anyway. (laughs) We all know history, Greg. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. And so even just those types of things of like, okay, the the character is visible. This Mm -hmm. is a friend that. You know, I've, I've watched them, I've listened to them and I've, I've seen how they treat other people, other relationships that they've been in and they, they seem to have established themselves as trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that as you were talking about it, the one thing that you mentioned that I thought, okay, that would be important. is somebody that as you share your story, they, they have the capacity to apply sort of like the, the gospel balm to the wound, you know, like they could. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they don't have to be an expert gospel person to do that. I don't know that it's that, but they have the spirit of God. And even if it's right. starting with prayer or some kind of ministry or encouragement, they yeah. just, that's, that's in them to go to that place once you've shared. Right. They're, they're not the advice giver. Yeah. They're, they're the someone who's going to uh, just be there with love and acceptance. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even just for you guys at, at home, as you're listening to this, I, I keep, I don't know, just trying to reduce Kristen made a, uh, a 
balsamic reduction recently and left it on for way too long and it got to where it was basically just a hard rock at the bottom of our <laughs> pot. I think we had to throw the pot away. I, I just keep trying to... But it would be a yummy pot. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. Um, just keep trying to reduce down because I think what you're saying is really you're establishing building blocks of community. Like if we're going to get to a place where we can do life together in community, it's going to involve some elements of me as a person having security in my identity in Christ and therefore being able to be vulnerable because without that, we're all just getting together and talking about, isn't God good? Isn't God great? Right. My goodness, I feel a little empty inside right now mm-hmm. and never being able to actually say that or experience some encouragement or healing or help or right. affirmation or struggle, you know, like co- co-struggling with, you know? Yeah. So I just, uh, I think even, and then even being able to reduce that down to where you practice, you practice with a trusted friend and, th- and mm-hmm. that helps you learn how to be vulnerable and you can take that into a community environment and say, this is, you know, this is something that I've done and I'm, I want to bring this to the mm-hmm. table here because it, it's honestly, it's where we're going to find grace is when we open up and, Absolutely. and go deeper to these places. Um, last question, I, I, we're kind of running just right into the, the end of what, how long we like to make these things, but when you go into community, I know right now you're not officially leading a community group, but like you mentioned, you're uh, as an older guy, sometimes you end up as a de facto culture setter or, uh, or leader in that sense. Do you guys establish any rules in your community group to try and help create a safe place or do you let those get established naturally? Just kind of thinking through maybe one pragmatic thing about that. Uh, Lil and I are big on ground rules. Okay. Uh, it, it, you need ground rules to make it safe yeah. uh, in community. So yeah. th- that is something we like to talk about. Okay. Do you have any examples of, at all of what rules that you have put in place and kind of, or ground rules? I think that's a great, great mm. word um, in a community context. Well, one of the big ones is guarding against gossip because yeah. um, as scripture says, it, uh, you know, it divides. And uh, so making sure everyone realizes that what's shared in community group is shared in confidence. It's not something that gets passed along or talked about idly outside of the group. And, you know, our experience is that in community groups, when men and women break out separately, you tend to go deeper. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, that's like extra important. Okay. Um, but do, that's, you, do that's, you guys have a rhythm of that where you do some together and some guys and gals separated and that kind of thing? Yeah, our group does. Okay. Um, and, and in the past we've experienced that too. It seems like it makes it safer yeah. for everybody yeah. to split up the guys and gals. Cool. Very cool. Well, it's, uh, I'm, I'll close out by saying this. Uh, thank you, Greg, first of all, for just coming on and being willing to share some of your story and some of, uh, how God has used, you in community and community in you. And I I do think it goes both ways. And then kind of one of the points from Sunday is that ultimately uh, we're doing this for Jesus's glory. So even if it's more difficult for us to be in community or for other people to have us around, if Jesus is being glorified, then it's an obedience issue. And that's, that, that trumps everything in a sense. Yep, it's so, the way to go. Yeah. Um, so thank you for being willing to share that uh, for you guys, as you're listening to this, I just, um, you know, Uh, One of our deep hopes with this value is that each person would get to walk in the fullest form of how Jesus has structured life for us here on earth. We know that we have eternity with him, but he also gave so much and put so much effort into crafting the way of the kingdom of God here on earth in preparation for eternity. 
And so we're in this pursuit of that life and, and a massive part of that life in the scriptures is life together, life in community with other believers. And so we want to do the, the hard yards. We want to do the good, deep work of getting our, our lives shaped around being in community because that's how Jesus gave us life. So uh, I'm just grateful for you, Greg, and being willing to talk about that. And thank you guys for taking the time to listen. So with that, we will sign off. Have a great day.